everybody. Welcome to another episode of Off Script with Pastor Jared. I want to talk to you today about a topic that is related to uh, the most recent sermon that I've preached on this. So it's January 11. Uh, two days ago, preached a sermon on the 9th, uh, walking through Mark 13. And that title was Jesus Encouragement for the Last Days. If you know anything about that chapter, you know that it is uh, uh, one of the great walkthroughs of the Bible of what we call eschatology or end times. And it starts with Jesus talking about the temple of Jerusalem being destroyed and uh, how believers are to think about that, how the early church was to think about that and how that would sort of lead us to uh, prepare for suffering in our lives and to know that uh, just because something really bad happens, it doesn't mean we shut down and think it's all over, or even that Christ is definitely going to come back because something bad happens. Um, in fact, Jesus' point was uh, the end is not coming just because the temple is destroyed. And he gave a, a great walkthrough on that. So I'd encourage you to listen to that sermon. Uh, but so much jam-packed into, ser- into uh, Sunday's message, I thought it would be good to hammer on just that last paragraph that I did not get a chance to deal with in Sunday's text, and that's Mark 13, 32, in that final paragraph. And um, I want to just read it to you first, and then I'll give a few comments. All right, so first, the reading, Mark 13, 32 through 37. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he suddenly come and find you sleeping. And when uh, and what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. All right? Jesus has given a long teaching discussion on when the end will come. He's talking about the signs of the end of his coming, what's not a sign, what is a sign. Um... He's talking about when uh, the abomination of desolation. He's talking about one day he will come on the clouds in great glory with the mighty angels behind him. And then after he says that, he says, now concerning your question about when exactly this is going to happen, nobody knows. That's it. Nobody knows the day. He says concerning that day. And the context is the return, his return. He's just been talking about that. Concerning that day, that hour, no one knows. And just to be clear, he says, not even angels don't know. Jesus says, even I don't know. That's pretty big. The point is that this is a date in history planned and set by the Father. God the Father has determined when he will send Jesus back, when he will return. Uh, No one knows. And then he goes on and gives a little story. And the whole point of that little story about going away, the servants being watchful, is to say, because you don't know when I'm coming back, you should live in a way that honors me while I'm gone, but also is prepared for when I come back. So continue working, continue going about your lives, uh, serving me, taking the gospel to the kingdom, 
building civilizations and, and getting married and having children and uh, going, going at uh, building a, a Christian-influenced life in society, continue on. Don't, don't let me come back and find you sleeping, all right? Don't let me come back and find no faith on the earth, okay? So that's Jesus' message. So I want to just take a moment and remind you of something that you may already know, but it just keeps hanging around, okay? And that is this. Do not ever, ever follow someone who floats, even jokingly or casually or slippery. <laughs> Don't ever follow someone who floats a date for the return of Christ, okay? So if you are ever listening to a preacher or reading a book or watching a TV evangelist or whatever, if anyone ever insinuates that they know the date when Jesus is returning or they know when the world is going to end or they have a secret date revealed to them or anything like that, they're done. You're done with them, okay? Um, it boggles the mind how a scripture can be so clear as no one knows the day or the hour. And then we have Christian leaders addicted to putting out a specific date on the calendar and saying Jesus is going to come on this date. And they're so confident in it. And it just makes you wonder what if, are they doing it to uh, gain a quick following? And uh, there's a lot of money in it. And, you know, but but then why would you put a date that you're going to live through? I mean, why not put a date, <laughs> you know, uh, 50 years from now so that you can mark it, that date for 50 years? But you'll have people put dates in their lifetime that they live through and, and fail. And so I thought it'd be helpful for you. I'm going to just give you a, a listing of some uh, names that I found on the Internet of people that seem to float a date for the return of Christ. Okay, these are not the only ones. These are names that I recognized when I heard their names. So there's a lot more than this, but these are people that I recognized, all right? In no particular order, um, William Miller, okay, floated a date for 1843 to 1844. He was uh, has a little group called the Millerites, and uh, he did that from the book of Daniel. He thought he added up this connection of numbers, you know, to the sum total of these numbers gets to 18. 43. Well, he was wrong. Hal Lindsey uh, supposedly has floated dates. Um, he, he said in a book, the, uh, in, there would be no later than 1988. And he based that off of uh, 40 years after 1948 when Israel became a nation. So he, he reasoned that you must have uh, one generation after the, the nation of Israel became refounded. That's 40 years. A generation is 40 years in the Bible. So he said it has to be before 1988. Well, the only good thing that happened in 1988 is that I was born. Next, Edgar Wisenant also said 1988. That was his date. He actually wrote a book called 88 Reasons Why the Lord is Going to Come in 1988. This book was supported by TBN, Trinity Broadcast Network, where they interrupted uh, their broadcast for that day. 
and prepared for the return of Christ. And then the next day, when he didn't return, just went right back to regularly scheduled programming. Uh, and actually, I saw that he published a book the next year that was 89 Reasons Why the Lord is Going to Come in 1989. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, Chuck Smith, founder of Calvary Chapel, uh, predicted the generation of 1948, much like Hal Lindsey, would be the generation, and uh, but he thought it would end by 1981. He did admit that he could be wrong, but he would always say that it was a deep conviction of his. So you'll see that too. Some guys will try to give themselves a little out by saying, you know, it's going to be in uh, 2025. Now, I might be wrong, but I really believe. And so that way, if it doesn't happen, they sort of get their way out. But if you ever, to me, float the date, you're, you're out. I cut you off. Um, now, I, I just remember, too, this wasn't a Christian prediction, but the Mayans even tried their date on a calendar, right? <laughs> if they did. I rem- Do you remember 2012? Do you remember everyone thought 2012 was going to be the end? That wasn't necessarily the return of Christ, but uh, that was the supposed end of the world. And then people started to say, well, maybe the Mayans just had to stop their calendar sometime. Um, I hope this one's not true. I saw it online. I had not heard it before. So I'm, I'm not, I've never heard this, but uh, I saw that Jonathan, uh, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism said he believed the millennium would start. Now that's not the return of Christ, but he believed the millennium would begin in 1836. Uh, I, I've never read that before. I had to re- do some more research on that, but I did see that online. Uh, I saw Charles Taze Russell, who's the founder of Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, say that he believed that Christ would return invisibly in 1914. Uh, Pat Robertson, televangelist, uh, supposedly predicted um, on his 700 Club TV program that the world would come to an end in 1982. Um, and then he suggested possibly 2007 as another date for the Earth's destruction. Um, Pat Robertson, I just never get a good vibe from. I don't follow him. I don't listen to him. Uh, Harold Camping, you might have heard that name. Uh, he's the manager of Family Radio. So he made a big push for 1994. And then when that failed, he came back again on the scene for 2011. And that was his big date when he thought Christ would return. Jack Van Impey. He's he's a televangelist, always seems to be on TV with shows. People still watch him. Um, he's given many false dates, not just one, many. And his latest was 2012. And since then, since he failed in 2012, he's just been saying, you know, no one knows the date or the hour. Yeah, well, you should have said that in the beginning. Uh, 2014, I know there's some debate about this, that John Hagee floated a date. Um, relating to his blood moons prophecy. Uh, Some people around him say he never said that was the date. Some people said that he did. So I do know that there was uh, some discussion in John Hagee's press. There was a big press around the four blood moons uh, when his preaching and that book came out on whether or not he was actually saying the world would end in 2014 or 15. From my taste, John Hagee gets way too comfortable with that stuff. He gets way too close and um, you'll, you'll find that a lot of people in this world, in this sort of end time, it's, it's hyper-focused on end times and hyper-focused on Israel and hyper-focused on, you know, spotting signs of the end times. And it, to me, that completely misses the spirit of what Jesus' message was in Mark 13. It wasn't that we sit on the hillside with our telescopes and we watch the the shade of the moon 
And when it turns red, you know, we shout down to the hillside, it's happening, you know, or, or we try to keep up with all of these prophecies. And, you know, it's kind of like that scene in A Beautiful Mind or, you know, or the side of your uh, your wall in your office is just covered in newspaper clippings and your eyes are bloodshot and you come out and you're just like, I have found it. I've discovered when Christ is going to return, you know, like you've discovered some secret of the universe. You're not supposed to discover when Christ is going to return. So this is my encouragement to you, church, uh, anyone who's listening, anyone who ever gets even close to setting a date for the end of Christ, you cut them off and uh, there's there's no purpose in listening to someone like that. The proper way to think about the end is that will there be a lead up to it? Will there be an increase in signs toward the end? Yes. Um, does that mean that we obsess over date setting and try to figure out when exactly that's going to be? No. What that means is, like the parable that Jesus gave, we continue on with our work until the master returns home. And when he returns home, May he find us faithful to this to the task that he left us to do. Well, that's my encouragement to you today. God bless. Uh, see us on Sunday at church. If you're not a member of our church, you should be. And uh, otherwise, wherever you are, join a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church. I'll see you then. Bye.